Today, on the Locked On Blues podcast, I'm going to be giving my predictions for the defensive pairings of the St. Louis Blues this upcoming season. Last episode, I did the forward uh, line, so if you missed that one, go check out that episode. Um, Had a lot of fun doing it, uh, talking about each player individually. Obviously, this episode might be a little bit shorter since there's half as many players to talk about, uh, at least in terms of, um, you know, uh, the starting six. I'll obviously get into some of the guys that aren't going to be starting and stuff, but should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it at the end. I'll go over the goaltending situation. It's something I've talked about a lot, though, so, you know, not a lot new to be said there. Should be a good episode, though. You're Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. As always, if you haven't met me yet, Thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, I've been doing this show for a while now. Tons and tons of episodes in the backlog. So if you like this one, you know you can follow me on Twitter, Josh Hyman NHL, and listen to any of the previous episodes because there's a lot of lot of backlog, a lot of blues coverage that you haven't seen. But anyways, without further ado, let's hop into this episode. After I thank you guys for making Lockdown Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, so. Uh, on Monday's episode, I talked about my predictions for the forward lines. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to be doing my predictions for the defensive pairings. Now, defensive pairings aren't as exciting as the forward lines because I don't think there's quite as much variety there. I think it's pretty much set in stone. There is definitely some room for um, interpretation like with guys like Scott Perunovich and, and Marco Scandella and all that stuff. So there's definitely uh, some debate. Uh, and because of that, I'm going to be kind of giving two different groups of defensive pairings and one of them is going to hinge on whether or not scott prunovich is in the starting six or maybe even if the blues run seven defensemen um anyway so let's just get started with the first defensive pairing uh the two probably the two best defensemen on the st louis blues and that is i'm going to have tory krug on the left with justin falk on the right talking about tory krug first well i mean he's a great player um he's obviously undersized you know, he's not the most gifted defensively. Uh, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a, a liability there. Uh, he's not, you know, big enough to, to take on a lot of forwards. So if you got a, a one-on-one with Tory Krug, you know, him backing up into the defensive zone, he's going to have a bit of a tougher time than some of the other defensemen. Um, and, you know, winning puck battles, that th- that sort of thing. He is very tenacious. You know, he puts in a ton of effort and he uses his size almost to an advantage at times getting leverage on guys uh so he's not a complete you know negative in terms of like puck battles and stuff but there is definitely just an element of his size is going to inhibit him no matter how skilled he is no matter how much he you know is able to make up for it in other areas him being undersized is is a negative um in that aspect but that doesn't mean that he doesn't bring uh you know positives to the team it's rare to have a five foot nine defenseman on your first pairing um and the reason is is that he is, you know, I still think he's a, a net positive defensively. I think he's not close to like an elite defensive defenseman, but I don't think he's bad defensively. I just think he does the most with what he, he's got in his limited size and, and reach and all that stuff. Um, but where he makes up for it is offensively. Uh, the offensive game of Tory Krug is spectacular to watch, whether it's 
uh, 5v5 or the power play, specifically the power play, um, is has been great, you know, for him uh, this year. He's been the quarterback for the Blues, and in his absence, you know, we've definitely felt a, a lack of offensive production from the defensive end. Uh, the Blues ha- in the past have relied on, you know, good scoring numbers from their defensemen, and Tori Krug is the catalyst for that on this team. He is really, really good at moving the puck, um, a great passer, uh, great at putting shots on net for deflections and for rebounds and that sort of thing. Um, and he can also lead the rush as well. You know, if he picks up the puck in the defensive zone, he can skate it out all by himself, which is a rarity uh, for defensemen in the NHL. You know, it's hard to find a guy that is fast enough and skilled enough with the puck to sort of lead the rush himself. Um from the defensive zone. So Tory Krug on the first pairing allows for, um, you know, almost like four forwards to be out there at times uh, with his offensive ability. And like I said, he can hold his own enough defensively to where I'm not too concerned about that. And I welcome him on the first pairing. Now, Justin Falk, on the other hand, is that elite defensive defenseman. And he is still a bit of a two-way defenseman. You know, he can put up the points. Um, he can, you know, he's got a nice shot. Uh, he's a good passer. He's good... Uh, at holding the blue line in the offensive zone, but where he really excels is defensively. Um, he is a, a workhorse in that end. Uh, he plays really, really well um, in his own zone. Uh, he makes life really difficult for opponents, getting his stick in passing lanes and you know winning puck battles and being the first guy to the puck and you know pinning guys up against the board and taking the puck away that way. Um, where he really excels, though, and it doesn't really happen all that often, fortunately. Well, I guess with the Blues it does. But breaking up two-on-ones or three-on-twos or just odd man rushes, you know, there isn't a single guy on the St. Louis Blues that I would rather see um, staring down a two-on-one or a three-on-two than Justin Falk. He is tremendous at getting his stick in the passing lane in those situations and breaking those plays up and then quickly turning it into offense uh, with his good passing ability and his good breakout ability. Um so yeah, I mean, Justin Falk was one of the Blues' best players last season, um, just from the defensive end. He was kind of the 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 positive aspect in what was a negative experience with the defense. Um, and for that reason, I think the first two pairings, first of all, I think are going to be flip-flop. I don't think they're going to be super consistent like in terms of who plays with who. Uh, you could argue that Colton Preco could be a first-pairing guy. Justin Falk, Troy Krug, and Colton Preco are all going to play around 20-ish minutes a night. Uh, it just depends on everyone else uh, and the other defensemen, what they can do. So that first pairing is honestly one that I'm very confident in. They don't have a true number one defenseman in like the sense of Alex Petrangelo, Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr, but those guys don't grow on trees. There aren't a lot of teams with a true number one defenseman, and the Blues have a pretty solid first pairing um, even without having that number one defenseman. So that being said... Um, I'm going to head into the first ad break, thank our sponsors, and then I'll get into the second and third defensive pairings in the second and third segment. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar and their one of their newer products, Built Puffs. They're legitimately delicious. It's a, a chocolate uh, bar filled with marshmallow. It's very soft and chewy. Uh, it tastes like a dessert. It tastes like something you'd get from like the grocery store out of the pastry section. Uh, but they're healthy, they're good for you, and plus they have a new flavor, and there's the Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. I haven't personally tried them yet, but I cannot wait until I do, because Built Puffs are already one of my favorite, and Cookie Dough is mm, top three flavor of ice cream. I don't know, we could debate that another time. But I'm really excited to try them. You guys should be too, and plus they're good for you. They're only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them, so they're good for you. You can feel good after you eat them, and they taste delicious. So go to Built.com, use Promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. 
Okay, so second pairing. Here's where things get a little a little funky because I think the second pairing really only has one guarantee, and that is Colton Pareko on the right side. Let's talk about Colton Pareko. Um, so there was a time, uh, specifically during the Blues Cup run in 2019, when Colton Pareko looked like he could be a number one defenseman in this league. He was playing alongside Jay Bomeister, uh, and when he was out on the ice, the Boston Bruins, or, or pretty much any other team, uh, San Jose Sharks series, he was also really good. When he was out on the ice... Uh, other teams could not score. They could not get any offense going. There was talks of Colton Pareko uh, winning the con Smythe at points as the Blues' best player. He was incredibly valuable to them during that cup run. And the expectation after that was that he was only going to get better um, and, and you know, eventually, I guess, step into Alex Petrangelo's shoes upon Petrangelo's departure. And that didn't quite happen uh, he had some injury trouble. He had some back issues that really uh, caused him to struggle with his mobility and his skating um, and just, you know, being able to be big and strong, what he really relies on. Um, but that being said, he's still a very, very, very good defenseman. You know, they're still he's still out there playing 20-plus minutes a night. I don't think he's a liability. He doesn't turn the puck over that much. Like, yeah, there are times when you really feel like Pareko could be using his strength a little bit more. He gets beaten to a puck or he loses a puck battle against a guy much smaller than him with a much uh, shorter reach than him. And it, that can be very frustrating. It really feels like he could be a dominant uh, presence on the ice, you know, just with his size and his speed. He is a really good skater as well, which I, I will get into a little bit after I talk about his defense. Um, but defensively, it definitely does feel like he could be doing more. But that's not to say that he isn't a very good defenseman with what he gives you right now. You know, Pareko is out there 20 plus minutes a night against first or second lines, and he still makes it very difficult to score and very difficult to get offense going just because of the fact that he's six foot six and has a, a hockey stick that can span, you know, half of the defensive zone. Uh, so he's still a very reliable defenseman in that sense. Just the one area that he he lacks is a consistent playing partner. When he was with Jay Bomeister, he looked so, so good because Jay Bomeister is really good and really reliable. When when Marco Scandella first came to the St. Louis Blues uh, and they had that really good chemistry, he looked really good again. Uh, and I would honestly say that when he played with Nick Letty last year, he kind of got that... that uh, uh, defensive ability tuned up a notch as well because the problem is when he's playing with guys like Marco Scandella now who is really just a liability all around um, as much as I hate to say it uh, Pareko is kind of forced to do it all he's forced to be offensive and defensive and that kind of just takes him out of position a little bit more he's not getting back as quickly and it's it, it makes him it, it, it exposes his weaknesses even more so when he has a nice reliable defenseman that can either be the stay-at-home guy or the puck-moving guy, he can do the other thing and do it really well. And for that reason, that's why I'm kind of so up in the air about who his playing partner is going to be this year. Um, night one, I have it penciled in as Nick Letty. I think him and Nick Letty looked really good when they played together at times. I think Nick Letty does all of those things that I was talking about in terms of being a really good puck-mover and sort of being a more offensive defenseman. Uh, and can let Colton Pareko stay at home. The only thing is I think Nick Letty is too much of a liability defensively to where Colton Pareko is going to be asked to do a little bit too much in that end. Um, but when he uses his speed and his skating ability, I think Colton Pareko is one of the best skaters on the team and one of the best skaters at his size in the entire league. He can be incredibly sneaky uh, offensively. You know, He can create rushes really, really well. He, there's that one goal a few years ago where he 
did it all himself and he like one-handed backhanded it into the top corner of the net that was great you know he's he's really capable of using his his size and his skating ability to just get down the ice like that it's very impressive um but you know if he's playing with a guy like nick letty he's not gonna be doing that as much and that's okay you know it's not a bad thing that he won't be as asked to do so much offensively but the thing is like i said nick letty i think would lead to pareko doing a little bit too much defensively and you say okay then swap him for scandela who's better defensively than nick letty but in terms of puck moving and in offense he's really got nothing going there which would change pareko's role and i think that's what's tough for pareko is he's going to be spending half the season playing with a guy like nick letty where he'll be able to do all the defensive stuff and the other guy will be able to do all the offensive stuff versus when he plays with scandela he almost has to change his play style a little bit uh to account for that a sneaky pick which i don't know if we'll see happen at any point i don't even know what this guy uh will end up in the lineup at all you know or, or how much he'll play but that is scott perunovich i think if scott perunovich gets to a point where he's more comfortable playing five on five he could be a perfect uh pairing alongside colton pareko i think he's a little bit better defensively than nick letty at times even though he's small like tory krug uh he's very tenacious um in the defensive end, you know, he's, again, he's undersized. Same thing as Tory Krug. And I think it would be a little bit difficult to justify having two, five, nine defensemen in your top four. Um, but even then, I think in terms of just complimenting Colton Pareko and what he brings to the game, I think Scott Perunovich would be a pretty good choice there. But opening night, I'm going to predict to be Nick Letty um, or Marco Scandella, depending on what the Blues want to do. But in a, in a perfect world, I think Marco Scandella is the seventh defenseman. Um, and I'm going to get into the third defensive pairing, I guess, right now. And then in the third segment, I'll get into um, the goaltending situation, even though there isn't a whole lot to be said there that hasn't been said already. So third pairing defensively, uh, I think the right side is going to be Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, he definitely looked like he was heading towards a decline at points, but towards the tail end of last season, he really put it together and started playing pretty good hockey. I think he's very, very underrated for what he does. He doesn't play a ton of minutes, but excuse me, when he does, he's an absolute defensive presence, excuse me, out there for the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, he does all the dirty things right. He, he gets into the dirty areas. Um, not the dirty things. People want to call him a dirty player, but um, you know what I mean. He, he does all the, the, the things that nobody else wants to do. He, he's tremendous, tremendous, tremendous at winning puck battles. He's, he's a very physical player. He can hit hard. Um, he can break up two-on-ones, all that stuff. He just can't necessarily do it as well against the top-end talent. So when he's out there against, like, third and fourth lines, he looks great. But if he's out there against, like, first or second lines, he'll definitely get exposed because he's definitely lost a step in the speed department. But he's very reliable. You know what you're getting out of Robert Bertuzzo every single time he's on the ice. You know, you don't really have to worry about him making a, a boneheaded turnover all that often. Or he does take a fair share of penalties, but for the most part, he can stay pretty disciplined, which I like. Um... So yeah, Robert Bortuzzo, I think, is a staple on that third pairing. Now, the third uh, third pairing left side is is interesting because you got Marco Scandella, Nico Mikola, and Scott Perunovic all as guys that I think could could play for that spot. And I think Robert Bortuzzo isn't in the lineup every night uh, because of that, just because I think of those three, you know, there's definitely not reason to sit one of them for the entire season i think nico mikola has shown strides of being really really good he definitely was overwhelmed in his top pairing minutes um i honestly think the blues might 
go to seven defensemen more often than not because I think you have to play Mikola pretty consistently and I also think you have to play Perunovic pretty consistently and for what it's worth they're also going to be wanting playing Scandella at least a few times here or there but I don't think you can really change much in that top four you know especially with the contract you just gave Nick Letty I don't think you could take Nick Letty out of the lineup obviously maybe you can justify bumping Nick Letty down to the to the third pairing and playing Nico Mikola and Colton Pareko together like you were last season at times but for that last defenseman spot, if you're only playing six defensemen, you have Mikola, Scandella, and Perunovic all fighting for minutes, which is why I think they're going to go seven defensemen, depending on the matchup, depending on the opponent, just because Perunovic is a guy that you you maybe you don't want to play him as much at 5v5. Maybe he's that seventh defenseman in that lineup. But on the power play, having Perunovic and Krug as uh, power play quarterbacks for the for the two units is deadly. Perunovic is just as good as Tori Krug sometimes um, as that power play quarterback. And he's also your youngest defenseman by far. So you kind of want him to progress. You want him to grow. You want him to hopefully get to a point where he can be a second pairing defenseman and be very capable at 5v5. That being said, Nico Mikla is also pretty young um, and shows a lot of promise defensively, whereas Prudovic shows that promise offensively. So I think Mikla needs to get minutes as well, um, as does Marco Scandella. As much as I'm not a fan of Marco Scandella, he is a veteran. Uh, he can play well at times, especially if he's on that third pairing, you know, sheltered, whatever. So I think it's really going to be matchup based. You know, if the Blues want to have a more offensive focus in their defense, I think Scott Brunovich is that third pairing defenseman. Um, but I truly think that seven defensemen is going to be something that we're going to see a lot, barring injury. You know, the good thing is the defense has d- enough depth where if guys do get hurt, or guys do have to sit out um, or whatever, you know, Mikola, Scandella, Prunovic, those guys can all kind of step up and play anywhere throughout the, def- the the lineup. You know, Mikola had first pairing minutes at times. Scandella had first pairing minutes at times. I don't think Perunovic has ever had first pairing minutes, and I don't know if he if they want him in that position next season. Uh, but maybe they will. Um, I don't know. But I mean, the defense is interesting. I think it's going to be more successful than it was last season. Um, because these guys have had more time to gel and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting. In this upcoming third and final segment, I'm just going to spend a minute or two talking about the goalies. There's, I've talked about the goalies so, so much. I don't want to repeat myself. So uh, I'll be getting into that, uh, and then I'll be wrapping up. So thank you all for listening so far, and make sure you stay tuned. All right, third and final segment. Let's talk about the goaltenders. I'll start with the backup goalie, or I guess I'll start with the starter because the backup goalie is, is kind of hinges on the starter. So starting goalie, big surprise, Jordan Bennington. Um, man, what, what can I say about Jordan Bennington that I haven't said a million times throughout this offseason and throughout last season? He is the biggest X factor for the Blues this season. If Jordan Bennington plays well, uh, is, is you know a, a consistent, solid goaltender, then the St. Louis Blues will make the playoffs. If he is able to start 55, 60 games, I don't know, probably not 60 games, but maybe, I don't know. If he's able to start 50-plus games and win a good chunk of them and play well, the Blues will make the playoffs, but he needs to be good. And I think one thing that's important for him is consistent defense in front of him, and the Blues defense is playing so, so well in that cup run, which is probably why Jordan Bennington, or not only why but big part of the reason why he had so much success however you know we definitely saw a flash in last year's play or this past season's playoffs where he looked like he had returned to form and I don't think the defense was playing all that well in that series uh, against Colorado when he really turned it on and started playing well Um, so because of that I have faith that he can turn it around and he can have a solid season because as I'll now transition into the backup 
they need him that to play that well because Thomas Grice is not a guy that is capable of of a starting job in the NHL. He is very very old, uh, and he was very poor last season. Yes, it was with a bad Detroit Red Wings team, so I give him a pass there. I don't think he's going to have a sub nine hundred save percentage again like he did last season. Um, in the season prior to that, he in you know seasons prior to that, he's been up around like nine thirteen nine twelve, which is very very good. Um, as especially as a backup, there's the question is was last season. Uh, a, sh- a sign of major regression from Thomas Grice, or was it just that he was playing on one of the worst teams in the NHL? You know, it, it's tough to say, um, but they cannot rely on him more than being a backup. You know, he's going to go out there, he'll let up a couple goals a night, he'll probably let up three goals a night, but if the offense can be as good as they were last year, I think that he'll be all right. You know, the Blues also always tend to be a little bit more aggressive when they have their backup goaltender in. That's been a problem dating all the way back to the brian elliott jake allen days of just playing different different styles in front of their two goalies so if they are you know play well in front of thomas grice like they played well in front of billy huso like they played well in front of jake allen um or whoever was the backup at the time you know um i think they're going to be all right i think the goaltending situation is fine you know especially with joel hofer in the wings um but it's going to be interesting. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed making it. Uh, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Or subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can see my beautiful face every single day. Um, my beautiful wall. All that fun stuff. You're missing out. You're, if you're just hearing my voice, you're only getting half the experience. So Locked on Blues on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button there. Hit the notification bell. That way whenever a new video goes live, you'll get notified right away. Uh, follow Locked on Blues on all of the social accounts. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.